0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Last week we talked about the uh, four or the three aspects of your flesh and how it dominates us, and how if you're operating in the flesh, those sins of the flesh will come out of, will have a tendency to come out of hurt out of pain on the inside of you. Many people are full of pain. And the more pain we suffer, we either respond spiritually or we respond naturally. And when you respond naturally or respond to what the Bible says is the flesh or your carnal nature, then usually the three manifestations are you medicate. So lots of people are medicating these days. There are Christians that medicate their problems. They medicate with drugs, alcohol, sex, They medicate with all kinds of things. Or you motivate. You become a workaholic. You labor hard. You just drive yourself. And you live an unbalanced life. And we saw the example of Solomon, you know. And we saw the example of David as the medicator. David medicated himself with sex. Solomon uh, drove himself. He became the most successful. But in the end, even he said, this is all vanity. And then there was Absalom who represents the person who meditates. They get into their mind and they think things and they think things. And it leads them into a place of destruction. Absalom absolutely destroyed not only his life. He killed his brother. He turned against his father. He defiled his father's concubines. And eventually uh, ended up in a tragic death. And a family that was totally dysfunctional. God doesn't want that for us. God wants us to live spirit-filled lives. And this is the year where the Holy Spirit is reemphasizing his presence. The number nine, five, seven, seven, nine, nine, Nine being the number of perfection. Three threes, God's perfect work. And there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and nine fruit of the Holy Spirit. And today I'd like to just talk to you about the... Uh, Scripture that talks about, uh, and, 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 and we read earlier in Galatians, and so I'm going to pick up there. It said in Galatians, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, another version or another, another passage of Scripture says, it says the mature sons of God are those who are led of the Spirit led of the spirit and, and maturity in the body of christ doesn't come with length in the body of christ it doesn't come with how long you've been in church it comes with the acceptance of responsibility maturity as a person is people that take responsibility for life i mean we have people that are mature in age but they're still childish in their responses and uh you know we have uh, all kinds of pettiness and smallness In their hearts, and God wants you to become large of heart, large of spirit, and that comes by the power of the Spirit of God dwelling in us. So, today, your key passage today, if you open your Bibles, will be Galatians chapter 5, and we're gonna be looking at the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, and then I'll try to close out with the rest of that chapter, Uh, and you can just stay right there in Galatians 5. And it says, But, so what does walking in the Spirit look like? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, or excuse me, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And uh, so let me just point out a few things. I think you've probably heard this, and if you haven't, well then uh, mark this down, it'll help you. But notice that... Uh, It's the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, not the works of the Spirit or the works of the flesh. You see, the word works implies labor, it implies effort, strain, but fruit doesn't come from the flesh. It doesn't come from hard work or labor or our old sinful nature because it's our sinful nature that produces works. In fact, Hebrews 9.14 says this, it says, For how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, Christ offered himself up without spot to God, purge us and purge our conscience from dead works, from dead works. So the Holy Spirit, through Christ Jesus, through his blood on the cross, purges us, From our dead works. Dead works is anything you think you can do to earn your salvation. Anything you can do to be good enough. Anything you anything you think you can do to somehow appease God or appease, you you know. And some people just say, Well, I can never be good enough. And you know what? You're probably closer to the kingdom than those of us that are trying to be good enough. Because we can't be good enough, and you can't earn it, you can't work at it, but you can bear fruit you can bear fruit. The spirit produces fruit, living fruit. And you know, this is in li- line with God's plan from the very beginning of the world. If you study Genesis, you'll find out that when God created the earth, he said, let, their, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and fruit yielding tree or fruit yielding fruit after its own kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Fruit trees yielding fruit after their own kind, whose seed is in themselves. Fruit, whose seed is in themselves. How much work do you think the fruit tree works to produce fruit? No, the seed is in itself. The Production is the natural byproduct of being a fruit tree. And that's what God wants us to understand. That was the picture that he gave. He says, whatever fruit you are, whatever root you have is the root of what you'll produce. What this means is that, you know, apples produce apples and oranges produce oranges and grapes produce grapes. Each according to the seed that they are. Each fruit will continue to reproduce after its own kind. And I, and I guess the, 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 you know, the illustration that I can use for you and I is that when you were a sinner, and we were all sinners, and you're either a sinner today, and you're here today and you're still a sinner, and that means that you have a sin root system, or you've been saved by grace. Grace. How many of you know you can't be a sinner and be saved by grace? We were sinners saved by grace, or we're still sinners. Now, you're saved by grace and you may still sin. And let me explain how that works. You see, when you were born again, you had a root system that was from your father, the devil, you were a sinner. And you did what was natural. The fruit of a sinner is he sins. You know, some of you get angry at people out there sinning. They're just doing what their root system tells them to do. They're bearing the fruit of their lives. They're brewing, bearing the fruit of their father. They're bearing the fruit of their root. Just tap your neighbor say, I know some guys like that. <laughs> tap your other neighbor and say, is that you he's talking about today? And here's what psychology does. Psychology today, we have pop psychology everywhere. And what we do is we crawl up into the tree of people's lives and we say, okay, (laughs) let's try to hack that limb off so we make you look better. Meanwhile, when it comes time to reproduce fruit, what do they produce? The same sinful stuff because you can't change somebody by taking the limb off because it's the root system that needs to be changed. So what do we do? The power of the cross, the power of Jesus Christ, the power of the word of God comes, convicts us of our sin. Jesus becomes our Lord and Savior. We acknowledge the fact that we have a sin problem. We acknowledge the fact that we have a root problem. We acknowledge the fact that I have no power to stop myself from sinning, that I keep doing the same stupid thing. I don't like what happens. I like the sin because you wouldn't do it if you didn't like the sin. You just don't like the fruit of the sin. The guilt, the shame, the loneliness, the pain, the, the, the constant disaster that sin causes. And it does that in everybody's life. Sin leads to death, and death is not nice. So, what God does is when you accept Jesus Christ, He comes in and He changes your root system. And instead of sin roots, He now puts in love roots. He puts in the roots that can produce the fruit of the spirit. Your spirit man becomes born again. Now, your soul, that is your mind, your will and emotions, and your body still have some old root tendencies. How many of you have noticed that? How many of you know you go back sometimes to, Those sinful practices, the the old nature, that old tree still has some of the old sap flowing through it. But see, God is working in you to bring about a transformation, to transform you. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind. Having begun a good work in you, he's able to bring it to completion. For it is Jesus who is the author and then the perfecter of your faith. He's the one who can make this happen. But how does he do it? And what a better time to begin to practice this than right now in our nation where we really could use some fruit of the spirit. Because we see so much flesh out there. How about you? Have you seen any flesh? I was uh, driving by a petrol queue the other day and I saw uh, a bunch of combi (laughs) drivers, just all of a sudden cut in front of everybody and push everybody out of the way. And some of the people who had been in line for a few hours decided that this wasn't on. And they went up and there were about eight of them, eight men, that began to beat these guys. (laughs) And it turned into quite a brawl. So the From my understanding, I didn't stick around, but from my understanding, the the, the station was shut down for about three hours until the police could come and, you know, uh, somehow undo the scrum. So when we take this from the natural, which is the roots of a tree, and God uses it, uses the tree to depict our lives or the vine... And if we look at it from a spiritual point of view, it would mean that when we walk in the spirit and shed our love to other people, that love begins to beget more love. Our joy begins to beget more joy. Our peace begins to beget more peace and so on. So it's called the sowing and reaping principle. You can't reap Love if you don't sow love. You can't reap joy if you don't sow joy. And so God says this fruit must be living in our heart. It's a a living fruit because it keeps on living through the lives of the believers as they plant seed with their lives in the world. That's why God calls you the light of the world. He calls you the salt in the earth. Does this make sense? I know this is pretty basic stuff, but I want to get to where we all are on the same page. Now, I want you to notice another thing. It's fruit, not fruits. The church is full of fruits. Okay, that's a joke, okay? Some of you will get it after lunch, I know. Somebody told me, he says, our church is like a granola box full of nuts and fruits. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is that it's the fruit. It's singular, not fruits of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit. Now, what difference does that make? Well, I believe it makes a lot of difference because if you read fruit as singular, it reads like this. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, and, and there's two translations to this. Some people say the fruit of the Spirit is a multidimensional kind of fruit. It's nine different fruit, and it's plural. But it's actually singular in the sense of it's a singular word. So other scholars say that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And out of the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart comes the other fruit. Joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, kindness, temperance. And against such there is no law. I like both ideas. But first of all, let's just talk about love. Because the word love in this verse is the word agape. Now there's three kinds of love spoken about in the uh, Greek language. Two are used in the Bible. You have Uh, phileo love, which is in the Bible, and phileo means brotherly love. It's a a a comradeship. It's I love you because you're my brother. Then there's uh, eros. That's erotic love. That's not in the Bible, but nonetheless, it exists. That's what keeps a husband and wife coming back to each other sometimes, and that's what men are attracted to women for and women are attracted to men. It's erotic or, or, or that, that, that passionate love that we want to preserve in a marriage and we want to preserve in our lives. But then the love that God talks about is this agape love. It's the highest form of love. It's the kind of love that the, our Father has for us. God the Father has for us. And so much love that he sacrificed his only son Jesus on the cross. To love us. It's the kind of love that Jesus has for you. He was willing to die that you might live. It's the kind of love that the Holy Spirit has. That of all the dwelling places He could be, in or out of this world, He's chosen to live on the inside of you and I. That's pretty amazing, don't you think? John said it this way He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. God has created us to abide in the vine so that we can produce fruit. It's not us working hard to produce fruit, working hard, God, look how good I am. No, it's abiding, it's staying with him. Jesus is the vine, the love of God, the love of Christ is shed abroad in our hearts. His love flows through the vines. One pastor told me the sap is what flows through the br- vines or flows through the branches. And I said, well, what sap? He says, spirit appropriated power. I thought, I like that. I can, I'll, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. But love is what provides the nourishment to provide joy and peace and long-suffering or patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness and temperance or self-control. You know, when we see so many people in pain and we see so much flesh and we see so many contrary actions and attitudes in our nation, from a nation that calls itself Christian, have to believe that what we've allowed ourselves to do is to fan into flame the passions of our flesh instead of spending time in the presence of God abiding in the vine so that the fruit of the spirit can be made manifest and in this season I'm going to ask as a church I'm going to ask you as believers to really take the time To let your roots go deep, to let your being grafted into the spirit manifest by allowing just that extra second to say, Holy Spirit, you act here. Holy Spirit, you speak. Holy Spirit, check me. Holy Spirit, have your way. And don't leave that presence of God. Stay in the kingdom. Stay in right thinking. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Stay in the Spirit. This is the season of the Spirit. Practice the fruit of the Spirit. Abide in the vine. In order to abide in the vine, you have to stay linked to the vine. Another way that they say is that we offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, they had a picture of the altar, and they made what were called flesh hooks for the altar. Nobody ever understood what the flesh hooks were for. Because, you know, when you put a dead heifer or a dead pigeon or lamb on the altar, it doesn't go anywhere because it's dead. So what were the flesh hooks for? It's to keep the flesh on the altar. But it was for you and I, it was a picture of what was to come. We are living flesh, and we need flesh hooks to keep us on the altar, because we have a tendency to let God begin a work in us, and then we jump off. Say, oh, wait, 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 hey, that fire's hot, man. Hey, God, I didn't know I'd have to die to myself. How many of you find yourself getting on the altar? You come and you pray, God, I give this up. And I mean, before you get out the back door, you're already, <laughs> that flesh has risen up again. Hey? Yeah. Just tap your neighbor and say, Is he talking about you again? Is that you? You see, flesh, left to itself, will dominate us. We have to consciously allow. Our roots to go into the things of the Spirit. How do we do that? Well, first of all, they have to understand that the Spirit doesn't grow overnight. The branch doesn't grow overnight. You don't bear fruit overnight. Every born-again believer has the seed planted in them and in their heart by the Holy Spirit. But that seed has to not only be planted, but the ground has to be weeded and cultivated. We live in an agricultural society. You understand that you can't get a good crop if you let the weeds sap out the strength of the plant. Some of that seed is not planted in good soil. It's shallow soil. Four conditions of the heart. Well, we understand that, the four conditions of the heart. But there's some that does begin to bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. But we have to water it. We have to weed it. We have to fertilize it. And these are accomplished as we read the word of God, as we fellowship with each other, as we yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit, as we begin to grow in the knowledge of the Lord, as we begin to pray and seek what he has to say to us and obey it. Then we begin to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Psalm 1 says it this way. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You know, sometimes I think you think that Pastor Tom and Pastor Bonnie and I and all the pastors here at the church, you think we're like a broken record. Read the Bible, pray, have fellowship, fellowship around the word, meditate, memorize. We're constantly telling you to do that. Why? Because as you do that, you'll prosper. As you do that, as you build your life and you get your roots deep by the river of living water, which is the word of God, guess what? You can't help but be successful. And that's what our desire is for you. Our desire is that you grow up in Christ. That you abide in the vine. That you become everything God wants you to be. You should be like a tree planted. Planted. I want you to know something. The Bible says you are the planting of the Lord. When you get born again, God plants you. That's why it's hard for me to see people that are church hoppers, choppers, shoppers, and floppers. (laughs) They're all over the place. No, God doesn't have you. You're you're not pot plants. Pot plants go from church to church. Pot plants go from movement to movement. No, you're the planting of the Lord. You're oaks of righteousness. God plants you in a church. God plants you in some places. Now let your roots go down there and grow up. Just ask your neighbor, are you a pot plant or are you an oak? What do you think? Are you, an, are you a pot plant? Are you, have, is this your fifth church this month? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Last week you were with prophet so-and-so, the week before with apostle such and such. And then deliverance ministry X and praise and worship ministry Y. And you wonder why you're confused? I'll tap your neighbor and say, he's speaking mean to us today. He's just mean. (laughs) See, these trees that are planted are symbolic of born-again believers. I think it's a, a good idea. Just underline those words. That bringeth forth his fruit... In his season. I want you to know fruit is produced in God's time, not our time. The only thing you can do is stay rooted and stay near the streams of water. Let the word of God wash you and cleanse you and purify you and feed you. Isaiah 61 says it this way. Verse 3, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. God plants you so that he might be glorified. Your, God gets glory when you produce his fruit. Our nation will receive glory when the Christians finally manifest as the sons of God. If the trees are born-again believers, then we have to understand that the word of God is the river of God, is the word of God. The the rivers of water are the word of God. Isaiah 55 says it this way. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the earth, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it has accomplished the purpose that I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. That's why we are a word-based church. The reason that things work in this church, the reason that you do grow and you do mature, is if you stay here long enough, if you plant yourself in the word and you let the word have its effective way in you, you will grow up, you will mature, and you will prosper, you will be blessed. That's why we don't seek after signs and wonders. Many people run after signs and wonders, and and, and they think that that's maturity. That's not. Signs and wonders are attraction, but they're only there to attract you to where you can get planted and grow up. But if a church is only based on signs and wonders, it'll never be a strong church. It'll just be a place where all kinds of wonderful things happen. Or it may lead to a place where divination takes place, where we manipulate you to stay through all kinds of gimmicks like charging for the prophecies and charging for the miracles and charging for counseling by staying in my hospice or my hotel and I'll keep you there a few days and you pay the fee and then I come along and I bless you. I hire myself out and I merchandise you, the church. That's all false teaching. That's all false doctrine. That's all for the merchandising of the people. The church is grown by the free will offerings of its people, by mature people that mature and prosper, and out of their prosperity and out of their blessing, they bless back. they are able to give, and they're able to keep the church alive. Amen? Thank you for those seven amens. Are you learning anything? Is it time to have some fruit? Okay, let's quickly close Oh, my time's way over. Well, I would love to take you through the list of the fruit and just explain each one to you, but I think you can figure that out, okay? Just go through those fruit and see what that looks like to you. So many. Nine fruit, huh? Look at verse 24. In Galatians it says and they that are Christ's have crucified their flesh with the affections and lusts thereof. See when you gave your life to Christ those if you're Christ you're crucifying your flesh you're crucifying it. Galatians two twenty we we learned that we are crucified with Christ we identify with Christ's crucifixion. Notice it's crucified. We're not crucifying, we were crucified. We were crucified, we were crucified with Christ, it's all past tense. When Christ died, we died. And now we're raised up anew in the spirit. We have a new spirit, a resurrected living Christ-like spirit. He's alive, he's not dead, he was resurrected and so we're also raised up. We conquer death, we conquer everything because he did. We conquer sin because he did. Our identification is in him. And if we abide in him, his fruit eventually begins to flow through our lives in his season. So our victory is not achieved by struggling and working, but by surrendering to Christ. And that's the way our walk with the Spirit should be, yielding to the Spirit, not struggling with him. Galatians 5.25 says, if we live in the Spirit, we also walk in the Spirit. Folks, if we're going to live in the Spirit, then let's begin to walk in the Spirit. That's what we need in Zimbabwe right now. And and, and I think that that word if could be equally translated since. Since we live in the Spirit, or since we have been born of the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. Not just if. And I think that the word uh, walk simply means to be in step with God. How many of you are constantly aware of God's presence with you? You know, the greatest gift that ever came to me was when I prayed and finally found myself praying constantly. Constantly aware that my, every day, every moment, I'm aware that God's with me. I'm aware that Christ is in me. I'm aware that the Spirit is in me. And if you haven't prayed and if you haven't read the Word enough to, that's happening to you, you need more Word. You need more prayer. You need more fellowship to where you're constantly aware of His presence. Because with his, with his presence, it gives you the ability to yield to something. Yield to something besides your own ideas, your own thoughts. And that's what will make you successful, learning to yield to the Spirit. Galatians five twenty six. let me close with this. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. You know, why couldn't Paul just have left it nice and high? No, he, at the very end he turns and says, no, no, let's not be desirous of vain glory and of provoking each other and envying each other. He had to stab us one more time, didn't he? It's kind of like your pastor. You see, in order for the fruit to grow, there has to be a proper climate. You can't be jealous. All fruit of the spirit needs this environment of love, needs this environment of of, of Christ's word, the water of the word. It needs the environment of the, it's the right atmosphere. So he's telling the Galatians, don't let your pride enter in to your walk. Don't be in envy of each other. Don't cause problems within the fellowship. Don't have needless talking and gossip. Why? Because it slows the process of growth. Grow up. Finally, we have to remember that fruit is produced to be eaten. Fruit is produced to be eaten. Guess who gets to eat the fruit? The fruit of the Spirit isn't for you to eat. The fruit of the Spirit is for others. Guess who benefits the most out of, your, out of the fruit of your life? When husbands are walking in the Spirit, the wife benefits. The children benefit. Because guess what? They're more loving, more peace, more joy, more kindness, goodness, more self-control. Temperance? Isn't that powerful? What does our nation need right now? I think we can use some fruit. Fruit of the Spirit, amen. Stand to your feet. Well, let's just worship him one minute. As we close, if you don't know Jesus, then you have a bad root system. And there's nothing you can do about that. You're just going to keep going through the same cycle of pain that you're in. Sin begets sin, begets more sin, begets more sin, and eventually begets death. But if you don't cut that off somewhere, and only Jesus can cut off your sin. So I want to encourage you, if you have never met Christ, if you've never allowed Christ into your life, the only way to stop that sin cycle, that crazy cycle of how you're living, and all the guilt and all the shame, and you know you're a sinner, all sinners know they're sinners. The only way to stop that is to allow Christ into your life. And Our pastors are coming to the altar right now, and it's, at the end of this service, you feel like, man, I need Christ slip out of your seat and come down and speak to one of them. The altar is also open for any of you that say, you know what? I just need to do some business with God today. God spoke to me. You can come and kneel at the altar or you can speak to one of our pastors and have ministry there. Because I'll tell you what, we have to deal with some of these roots in our lives. Some of you say, man, I have not allowed the fruit of the spirit. I have not been loving. I have not been kind. Come and speak to someone. Say, hey, man. And, and you may need deliverance. You may need to go to one of our classes and get free of that thing. Or maybe right here, you get prayed for, and boom, you can be delivered. More than likely, you need to have more knowledge and understanding to do that. But whatever your situation is, we have capable ministers here, men and women that love you, pastors. And we have an altar where you can meet God. That's where you meet God, is in his altar. Let's let the love of Christ dwell in us. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.